audit announcement has been paid for by the WZWA Network. and welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WZWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California Fury. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy, right here, right now. Okay, this is this was the reason I started this podcast because there, there were times where I would want to find out about somebody's journey in the wrestling business and I'd look far and wide and I just couldn't find that in-depth interview with, with the individual that I was looking for. So I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to find a lot of these guys who I was very interested to find out about. This man right here, my guest at this time, is definitely one of those guys. I would consider him a legend of WCW Saturday night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one. This is the only. This is Dave Burkhead. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem, mate. It's really great to have the chance to talk to you, Dave. And the first question, as per usual, on the show is, uh, when you were a young man, before you got into the business, how did you become a fan of professional wrestling? Well, you know, like everybody else, you start watching wrestling on TV. And, man, I, I grew up with the, the likes of Snooker and the Don Morocco and, and you know, uh, the, then the, the legendary Four Horsemen. And, and you know, it, it just the charisma and the the acting that they do and, and they love it everything they have and it's so much fun and just getting out there just being themselves and seeing the fans and the joy and I just loved it and I just felt myself you know what I, I have that I have to do that and I, I got to do this and uh, I did it and that's for sure <laughs> very cool so uh, there has to be some point in 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 time where you need to figure out a way to get into the wrestling business how did you go about that and, and who did you get training with the funny question is, is I had a full-time job. I was just a regular, you know, guy going to work seven o'clock in the morning, getting off four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, one day I was at this country bar and one of the bartenders there had said, Hey, uh, Dave, man, you know what? I I'm training at the school, you know, up in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, why don't you come uh, train and play professional wrestler? I'm like, hey, all right, I'll do it. So I stopped out of school. Well, when I stopped by, Axel Rotten from ECW was there. And the school was called MEWF at the time, Mid-Eastern Wrestling Federation. And uh, he's like, man, I love your charisma. Why don't you come train? I said, okay. So I got there, I trained, and um, it was very uh, different, very rigorous. Um, and Axel Rodney had a couple other trainers there, but he wanted to train me personally. Um, and I took that very, very you know, proud because everybody, if you know, ECW, Axel Rotten at the time in the, in the late 90s was one of the main guys, you know, and uh, um, I loved it. So uh, he told me he wanted to change my character. So I shaved part of my head. I still so I had a little, I was losing my hair. And he said, we need to come up with a gimmick. And I was like, okay. Well, one day I was running late to work. I had to go to a party. So I was wearing like the old Don Johnson look, you know, the black pants and the black shirt. And I had a purple jacket. He said, that's it. That's it. We're going to have you called Knuckles Sandwich with a Z. <laughs> and I was like, Knuckles Sandwich with a Z? What is that? You know what I mean? And uh, 
Um, we're going to have you be the bouncer that comes out with a flashlight. And when you walk down the aisle, you're going to be asked for IDs. And, uh, you know, I went every day to work seven o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I worked and worked in Washington, D.C. at the time. So I had to leave work at four o'clock, drive an hour and a half to the school, train for two hours, go home. I did that five days a week. Um, actual really liked my character, really liked how I really worked in the ring. And, uh, I just moved up from there. I became the middle the Eastern Wrestling Federation. Um, I started wrestling the lights of Raven for MEWF. I wrestled Balls Mahoney, the late Balls Mahoney. Rest in peace. Um, we had a lot of guys from ECW kind of going back and forth to MEWF. And uh, I uh, that's how my career started. And then, like I said, you know, I could, we could talk more about how I moved on to WCW and stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah, no, I really wanted to kind of dig deep into some of these early days uh, with uh, Mid-Eastern uh, Wrestling uh, Federation there. Um, I, I wanted to know, do you remember the first time you had your first match and and how did it go? Absolutely. I wrestled a gentleman called Mark Schrader. His name is Mark the Shark Schrader, Jimmy WF. He was kind of like a uh, guy has been here in WF for like three or four years and um I was quite nervous, of course. Obviously, it's my first match, but we wrestled in a, a bingo hall, and I walked out from the back, and there was a whole kind of bunch of twenty-five people, <laughs> you know. So it was like, man, I didn't care if there was two people out there, man. You know, I'm walking out to the ring. I had my music going, and uh... excuse me, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, uh, when I went out to the ring. They were putting me over. And Mark was a little like, wow, this guy just started not even, you know, you know, seven months ago and he's already putting me over me. I was just a champion for me, WF. And and uh if you knew my character, if you if you knew the way I my, when I wrestled WCW, I was I was a brawler, man. I beat and I that's why I was a big dude. So my match when I went out there was, you know, I'm gonna put the baby face over a little bit, you know what I mean? But then that's when I took over as a heel and I just pummeled him and uh and it was an excited match mark really took good care of me you know as in the fact that when you're green as i was in the ring at the time and he was because you call him a veteran at that time mwf he really took care of me from then on i wrestled the likes of uh uh they had a guy named uh, shane shamrock a guy named earl of pearl and there was a gentleman named uh, um, Crocus, or not Crocus, uh, John Lustin. And he was like one of the guys who's kind of like the owner of the MEWF with a guy named Danny. And he was the champion. And he says, well, we don't want you to be the champion, but we want you to be the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion. I said, okay. So I went out there and had an incredible match. I mean, I don't, at this time, there was like, 300 people there in this little bingo hall. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And they're chanting knuckles, knuckles, knuckles. And then they should know that I'm the bad guy because I'm asking when I walk in the ring, how the gimmick went was I'd walk down, I'd get in the ring, and I'd ask everybody for the IDs. I'd ask the rest of wrestling, and then I'd ask the referee. And if they didn't give me their IDs, they'll get knuckled. <laughs> and I start saying knuckle sandwich, knuckle sandwich, and I'd get on the mic and say, "No, it's knuckle sandwich with a Z." 
And if I hear anybody else call me Knuckle Sandwich, you up ten you back to Burger King, you're gonna find out what a knuckle sandwich is. And uh and and, and, and believe it or not, people think that some gimmicks are like not cool or oh my god, that's kind of not it, it was the most incredible gimmick. It was over. I was walking down the ring and people flashing their IDs. Um <laughs> And then I had my match with uh, his name was it was Earl Pro at the time he was a he was a military champion I beat him um, it was a great match I had my family there which was God bless the recipes my mom and dad they were there and it was exciting because I had I must have I had gotten paid that Friday for my real job I spent my whole eight hundred dollars of every ticket money I had to buy every ticket in the world to make sure all my friends were there. And uh, it was exciting, man. And when I won that, uh, I tell you, it was just uh, a dream come true because, you know, I loved wrestling. I still love wrestling. It's in my blood. And when you get in that ring, there's no other sensation when you're in that ring and people are chanting your name. It's incredible. It really is. Absolutely. I felt that feeling before myself. So I know exactly what you're talking about. That <laughs> rush when you hit the curtain, uh, you're in character as soon as you walk out there. Doesn't matter how nervous you are. Two seconds before you walk out, boom, you hit that curtain. Things, you, 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 this is this is home, you know? <laughs> it is. Um, and then you know, I, I wrestled, after I became a middle champion, that's when we started, uh, ECW guys started coming to MWF. And I remember... I walked in and I didn't know who I was wrestling one night. And they said, you're going to be, I saw Raven backstage. He said, you're going to be wrestling Raven. And this is going to be Raven's last match. But that's when he went to WCW and started the flock. And I tell the story all the time. I had just won wrestler of the year. So I had my little picture frame. And of course, everybody knows how Raven was at ECW. He wants to be the star. And when I went in that ring, when I turned back around, he grabbed that picture and smashed me right over the head with it. And uh, I didn't even start the match. I was just accepting my award at the time. And uh, we came back. We had a match. Chairs, you know, tables. It was phenomenal because at this time, Raven was big. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm wrestling Raven from ECW. This is like a dream come true. You know what I mean? I'm wrestling a star. You know what I mean? I'm he, He's... Um, so I beat him, uh, and then I remember correctly, I was walking down after the ring, out of the ring, walking down back to the back and he was in front of me. And I, I, I think I turned around cause a fan had said something to me. So I just want to turn around and you know, talk smack to the person with the fan. And when I turned back around, DD, uh, Raven was standing right there and he DDT me right on the concrete floor. <laughs> and he gave me a big giant knuckle and he said, Welcome to the business, son. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and in the meantime, I got the knot on my head. <laughs> so, really, uh, I took it like a champ and went home and was like, Wow, is this what it's like? <laughs> so, excellent. Um, excellent. I love hearing that. Uh, and, of course, you you've, you just alluded to earlier uh, Balls Mahoney, uh, who was working at the time as Boo Bradley. Um, yes. Any time I know someone has crossed paths with this man, I have to ask if they have any Balls Mahoney stories. Wow, I do. So I was backstage, and I knew I was wrestling Balls. At the time, he was Boo Bradley at the time. but um, And he's a big man. 
I mean, I don't know if people really knew who he was, rest in peace. You don't realize how much of a big man he is until you're, like, up next to him. And he's not necessarily as tall. He's just a big dude in general. So he comes to me, and you're thinking you see this big, giant guy walking up to you. I'm like, oh, God, Lord. This, okay, I'm just going to be cool here. And he's like, uh, okay, buddy, what we're going to do is we're going to have this match, and I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to do all my little stuff. And, um, and, then, and I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, you're thinking this guy's not going to come and like, hey, man, you know, you're going to listen to me and I'm going to beat you up. And that's all there's going to be to it. Now, nah, man, and I tell you what, I had, the, I had the belt at the time. So the match was that we were going to do a swerve and um, I was going to just, you know, get counted out of the ring and I was going to keep the belt. But this is the second time I had run from him. So we had the match. We're having a match. And next thing you know, Balls jumps out of the ring, grabs a beer, starts drinking it, grabs a hot dog, starts eating it. And I'm like, I've never been in a match like this. I'm like, what? You know, I'm like, I didn't. So he kind of took me off character a little bit because I was like, I didn't know what to do. So then he, he eats the hot dog, he drinks the beer, comes aside. He gives me his kick, which when he gave me his kick, he let me know that he gave me his kick. And uh, I rode out a ring. That was it. So we get back in the back, and we're chilling. Well, we're not chilling. We're like, he was like, whatever. And he walks up to me and he goes, hey, buddy, uh, would you like a hot dog? And I was like, yeah, I would like to have a hot dog. And he goes and grabs a hot dog, and he shoves it in my face, takes ketchup, squirts it all over my face, and all my mustard. He goes, there's your hot dog, Knuckles. And then that was it. I just, I just, I'm standing there, they're taking pictures, and, and I'm like, wow, I got mustard and ketchup on my face. But I'm cool with that. I'm still the champ, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, and more research that I did when I dug deep into your time before WCW, um, the internet can be wrong sometimes, so please correct me if anything's wrong. But I noticed you possibly worked a lot with Kevin Sullivan in 1998 uh, in some Falls Count Anywhere uh, matches. I'm impressed, my man. I'm very impressed. So to really get back to how I got started to WCW, and I'm going to rewind a little bit back before Kevin Sullivan. Sure. Well, I'd moved back to I moved to Florida because you know. When you get in the business like I, I was and I am, you you realize if you want to be an actor, you got to move to Hollywood. You want to be a singer, you got to move to Nashville. You want to be a wrestler, you got to move to Florida. I mean, that's just like the name of the game. So I moved down to Florida, and there was an ECW show. I moved down to uh, St. Petersburg, Florida, and they would have an ECW show in Fort Lauderdale. Well, of course, I, because I wrestled Elisa Boo and Raven, and I knew a couple of the guys. I went to the show, and I went backstage, and we were goofing off. Well, the Bushwhackers were there, Luke and Butch. And they said, hey, mate, how you doing? I said, I'm good, man, because you're knuckles. I said, yes, I am. He goes, I like you, man, because I got a school in St. Petersburg, Florida. I, I would love for you to have knuckles from MEW and ECW to come train. Well, for students, and I was like, you know, I'll come train. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for it as like money-wise. I was just, it was just to be an honor to be asked by Luke and Butch the Bushwhackers to be, you know, trained. So I started training. Well, they, Luke had come to me and said, look, 
we're gonna get you, we'll get you in a show up in Ohio. We're gonna fly you out, and you know, well, this is my first gig. I mean, I'm they're buying my ticket for me, they're buying my hotel for me. You know, I'm obviously I'll just ride with them. Well, a funny story about that was, if anybody knows about wrestling, when you start the wrestling career, you're not staying in some five hundred million dollar mansion. You're living by the means that you can live, if people get my understanding. So when Luke and Butch pulled up, they were, I, I, I'm looking, I'm, I don't see them. And they called me on the phone. They were like, hey, man, they, we're not coming in your neighborhood. You're going to have to walk out to the street because, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so here, you got this big dude walking down with his bag. Like, I'm looking for him. I get in the car, and the lights of Brutus the Barber Beefcakes in the car. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm like, I'm like nervous because at this time I've never even been around any stars. You know, I mean, I'm talking like these guys are legends that, you know, Bushwhackers, Hall of Famer, Beefcakes, a Hall of Famer, you know, and I grew up watching these guys. I mean, these are the guys that I'm like, this is the reason why I want to wrestle. So we got to, uh, we got to the airport, we got, jump ahead, we got to the, uh, the high school we were wrestling. It was in, it was in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, I believe it was. And, I get backstage and said, okay, you're going to be wrestling with Kevin Sullivan. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. You know, Kevin Sullivan, the taskmaster, crazy, just like, you know. I'm like, great. What kind of match am I going to have with this guy? Now I'm nervous. It's the first time in my career that I've been actually, like, nervous. I'm like, I'm sitting there, and I'm doing this in the locker room, and I'm like, wow. Well, Kevin comes up to me, and he says, what's going on, my man? I said, what's up? I said, I'm Kevin Sullivan. I said, how are you doing, sir? My name's Dave Burkhead. No, you're Knuckles. I said, okay, I'm Knuckles. Okay. And he goes, what kind of match? Would you, well, how long have you been wrestling? So, you know, and he, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been wrestling three or four years. I'm like, no, no. How many times have you been on national television? Uh, none. Okay. Now, next time I ask you a question, you answer it. Yes, sir. I'm <laughs> saying, so, okay. So he goes, what kind of match would you like to have? Well, at that time, I've always been known as a hardcore guy like that. I said, well, Kevin, do you remember the match you had with Chris Benoit? Which I know you remember that match in WCW when they went all over the place in, in the bathroom. I mean, it was like some, some serious heat. And he said, yes. He said, I want to have that match. He goes, oh, I like that. I like that. I said, okay. So I was going to walk out to the ring with the chair. That was kind of my gimmick towards the end. Walk out of the chair, and I stood up on the ring, and he and I was talking to Travis, like, oh, Russell Kevin Sullivan is an old man. He needs to retire, but I gave him another chance to see what he can do. And then he came in, his little boop, 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 and he, and he I turned around and he hit me with a pitcher, like a pitcher that you put beer in back in the day, like a plasma. And he gouged me. I mean, I had a cut from here to here. And then that's it. No, it was like all night. And it was like, it was just, I couldn't even see. I mean, it was like <laughs> my old days, blood everywhere. I couldn't see. So he said, I'm going to take you up. I'm going to throw you off the balcony that we discussed. At the time, we had discussed a little balcony. It was probably about one story or something like that. Well, we're walking. We're going up. We're going up. We're like, well, this is a lot longer. This is a little, a little further than one balcony. 
Next thing you know, he hits me, hits me. He said, boom. And he, you know, that's pretty much when he hit the last punch, you know, to take the to take the bump. And next thing you know, I'm going down. I was five floors up, landed on the merchandise table, shattered that. Place is popping so hard. And I thought that we were done. Of course we're not done. That's not Kevin Stalin's style style. Gives me back up. DDTs me on a concrete floor, throws me through another table, gets me in, does the trio wolves, does the stomp, and then we go back in the back. Well, we had three nights, and brother, they were the hardest three nights I ever did for my life when I wrestled. We was three nights. Like the second night was a ladder match. The third night was a scaffold match, <laughs> and um, we had. We had uh he they got we popped it so hard, my man, that the promoter was like, You're coming back, Knuckles. So on the card was me and Sullivan, uh Bushwhackers against Public Enemy. And at that time, Brutus had become the disciple for NWO and he was wrestling, but actually it was OWN and he was wrestling Virgil for NWO. So that was a big card for me, you know, back at that time, you know. Well, we were just like the mid-card. The next five shows after that, me and Kevin were the main event. And uh, after one match, I remember Virgil, and they're like, man, you got to And at that time, Kevin Sullivan was the booker for WCW. He said, you got to get Burkhead in the WCW, man. You have got to get him in there. I got the call one day. It was a Monday. And the funny story about it was is my let's was just about to cut off. And I was going to have no fun. We had landlines at the time. Wow. That's how bad it was. And uh, he called me. He said, uh, "So uh, I forgot who it was from the office." It said, "Just Dave Burkett." I says, "Is is this song from WCW? We're going to be FedExing you a ticket tomorrow. You're going to be wrestling uh, Saturday night." And uh, that was it, my man. And uh, Kevin Sullivan is is did wonders for me. And then Jimmy Hart became uh, helping me out a lot. Arn Anderson was pretty much the guy on Thursday Thunder. Pretty soon I wrestled on Thursday Thunder. And they're putting me, like, against guys. And I wrestled with Scott Norton one time. And he went backstage and said, this guy's the man. You need to start putting him putting him over a little bit more. And I don't mean put me over and winning, but put me over as in more, like, start letting him get some. And then that's when the hardcore stuff came up. And I'm sure we can talk more about that. But that's the Kevin Sullivan story, yes. Right, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing. I thought that might have had something to do with you possibly going to WCW because it was so soon after that that you ended up uh, making your debut there, which I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, your sure. first match was against Bobby Blaze at the Georgia Mountain Centre in Gainesville uh, on yeah. Saturday night. Uh, how do you feel your first outing went uh, for WCW? How exciting was this for you? You must have been nervous knowing that this was going to go on TV. Well, the funny thing about it was, was I didn't know I was going to be on TV. I didn't even know I was going to be that. And it was like, they gave me the ticket on a Friday. I mean, I'm sorry. I got the ticket on a Monday and I flew out because if people don't realize that we do our TV tapers on Tuesdays four Saturdays. So I flew out. I got the ticket Monday and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm flying out. I didn't have no shorts. I had my 
gimmick as in my knuckles gimmick. I didn't have like wrestling gear. So I'm calling around to my boys up here on the independence going, hey man, can I use your shorts? And that's when that freaking infamous purple shorts came out, which they didn't last long, but I had to wear them. But to get to the match, though, it was, let me tell you, buddy, it, brother, it was, I was nervous. I mean, like, nervous. I mean, you're going into the war, the war room, what they call it, and they said, hey, Dave, Burke, come here, get in the war room. You got to talk to Arn and uh, Arn Anderson and Jimmy Hart. And I'm like, oh my God, now I'm meeting the full horseman guy. And I'm like, really nervous. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's like probably 23,000 people. No, nah, I wouldn't say that. Probably, I was about 15, maybe 50,000, somewhere around there. But it was like, you know, you're looking at the crowd and I'm wrestling in front of what, 400 people at the most. Now I'm in front of thousands of people. And I'm like, and I got so Bobby Blaze at the time, I just came out of, uh, Georgia wrestling, like I think in Tennessee, like NWO, NWA part of the Tennessee of that. So they really liked them. And uh, as for my match, <clears throat> I'm going to have to say, and I'm critical of myself, just like most people are, I probably could have had a better match. But being my first match on TV, I was nervous. I had to be a little stiff. But Bobby took great care of me. He slowed me down. And that's the main thing. You want to get in there and you want to start rushing. And you're on a time limit, of course. Well, I did all my stuff in 30 seconds. <laughs> and Bobby's like, you got to slow down, my man. And uh, Bobby did his uh, um, his bridge, yep. you know, the, the back room, his famous bridge. And uh, I got done. It was great. It really was. Awesome, awesome. Uh, look at the, the, coming through 1999. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to, I guess, do a little bit of a timeline run through of of all these uh, different uh, guys that you work with, uh, because you okay. know there's so many different people, different styles that you're working with. It must have been quite interesting for you, uh, you know, uh, working with these guys, uh, especially. Uh, I believe the second of. Uh, February 99, working uh, in Wisconsin with Chavo Guerrero Jr. Um, how did you feel working with Chavo? Chavo was great. I see that's kind of got my career started because, you know, I'm a big guy. I mean, and Chavo is a luchador. He's going to be flying and high flying and jumping around, and I'm a big dude. And I remember the advice on Anderson to him. He said, because Darn loved it, and Jimmy loved it. Because, I mean, I put on a show, you know what I mean? And uh, Art said, this is a different style. But even though it's your second match, I know you're used to one style, but just go out there, let your training, let your talent, let everything take over. And, uh, man, what a great match. I mean, who would you have? Man, great match. He is so awesome. And uh, his Karana at the end was great. Yeah, and uh, it was just a great match, and uh, actually, I wrestled him a couple times in WCW. Actually, oh, uh, Hooven too. What's yeah. that? Uh, we talk about Hooven too, we? Yeah, yeah, I wrestled Hooven too. Like I think twice in uh, WCW. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I've got that here. Uh, and uh, I was asking about Chavo as well. 
Um, oh, that was, I'm sorry, Chavo. You did say Chavo. I apologize. Well, Chavo okay. was, yeah, Chavo, who were two was good, but Chavo was, at that time, they were putting him over. Yeah. And uh, when I wrestled, who when I was with Chavo, I apologize for that. But Chavo, I, he uh, he took care of me. He, uh, you know, we we did our thing in the ring, and he let me get over on him a little bit here and there. And uh, he was really, really, really good as in the fact that he sold the crowd really good. So he made you understand the aspect in the ring to make sure you sell the crowd. Don't just get up there and wrestle, do your moves, and be done. Yeah. You got to make sure you got the count into it. So he helped me long in the match. You know, I'm not going to really talk too much about it, but he helped me long in the match and told me, you know, man, sell the crowd, David. Sell the crowd, man. Make it look good. Show them big guns you got. Show, skid up on the ring and say, this young, you know. And, man, it was like, oh, my God, bro. I guess. And I beat him up, and I get him, and I slap him up. He'd do his slap, and I'd do my slap, and then he'd slap me, and I'm doing my, my thing, and I climb out the ring, and I get back in, and I, you know. But it was a great match with Chavo. And I tell you what, we got backstage. He thanked me very much. He said, it was an honor the rest of you. And when you got guys like that, that have been in the business, that have the history that he has, and they're thanking you, wow, man. I, I, it's, 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 not a, it's a feeling that you, I can't even explain, you know? That's very cool. That's why I wanted to go through this timeline because what we're going through here is like your dream has come true and you're 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 experiencing what you always dreamed of, which I think is really Absolutely. awesome. And it's a it's a story that people need to hear because uh, people like hearing stories about dreams coming true. Sixteenth um, of February ninety nine, you work with Jerry Flynn. That's a bit of a different kind of guy to work with with the you know the the martial arts. Uh, how did you like working with Jerry? Jerry was different because of the fact that, like you said, you brought his martial art background and that was his gimmick in, in, in the WCW, his martial arts and all that. So I went from Bobby Blaze, who's like a technical wrestler, to Chavo, who's a Lord Snore, jump around all that, to Jerry Flynn is just kicking you and like that. So I literally did three different people I wrestled my first three matches. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, it was like, and I don't know if that's how they, I, I, I'm trying to think, I think that's maybe why they did that. If you're a young rookie and they want to say, okay, I got to see how this guy's going to wrestle all these different styles to see who, so what we could get him in to start his career going further. So the match with Jerry was very simple. I want to put it that way. And I don't mean that as a disrespect to Jerry because Jerry is very talented. A lot of martial arts, black belt, very talented. But what I meant by simple was it was an easy match because of the fact that um, a lot of martial arts, a lot of kicking. I did, you know, get on him a lot. And uh, and then, of course, he does his – he does his very – he's very arrogant. He's got his mullet going on, you know, Jerry Flynn with the mullet <laughs> So, but uh, it was a nice match, and you know, Jerry took me back. And, and again, the professional person that he is said, "Thank you so much. I appreciate it." Because you know, people don't realize when likes of me and Lash Larue and the guys that are coming up, we're putting these guys over. I mean, we're, we're, we're you know, we're making these guys 
become bigger than life. And that's our job. Yeah. Everybody has the job to do. And that's my job. And for me to go backstage and hear him say, thank you very much. I did my job, you know, and that was the deal. And that's the whole point of it. Wrestling is a job. Yes, it's a great career. Yes, it's a great profession. But it's a job like anything else. And you got to be good at it or not good at it. You've seen guys that will come in and you don't see no more of them. You see likes of me come in. I'm there until the end, you know, so. Exactly, and I and I uh, I consider guys in, in this position just as important as the main event guys, as far as I'm concerned, because there wouldn't be main event guys without guys that they beat on the way to getting to the main event. As I've said to many guys uh, that have have worked on on shows like this uh, before, uh, and another guy that I believe you worked with three times during your time in WCW, the Cat Ernest Miller. He, that's a bit of a different yeah. one as well. Same kind of same as, as Jerry Flynn, but uh, uh, the cat, you know, sometimes be, I don't know, he was a little wild, I, I, I'd have to say. How did you like working with the cat? Well, how do I put this politically correct? I did my job and I went out there, but it was difficult at times, though, because of the fact that, like you said, it could be a little wild, you know, you got 10 seconds or I forgot what it was, three, five, ten seconds, or I'm going to bust you or whatever. And it's like you're in the ring trying to get into it. And it's like, to me, you know, I just had to, you just had to make sure you stayed a character. And, and it was like you said, I did wrestle three times. They were trying to get me and Kat start having a, uh, thing you know what I mean start going back and forth and uh because if you remember correctly if you watch the matches the first match was pretty much a a cat match he just you know did his kicking and his style and his little you know dancing in the middle and then throwing me out of the ring and his manager beat me out of the ring he threw me back in well then they started talking smack and I started I remember then he, I turned around and I gave him that big clothesline in one of the matches yeah. And they want to start putting me over. And I think what the storyline was going to end up going, if I if I think what would have happened was if we would have kept going, that I was eventually going to go over on him. Because if you see how it was going, it was going to go like that. But, of course, it, uh, you know, it, I only wrestled that last time. And uh, and I can't even tell you, actually, the reason why I never wrestled him again. But he, I think he went on TV more and I started putting him in a main event. And, you know, I don't. Think it went over as good, but you know, he was a good guy. Cat Ernest Miller, another wonderful guy, nice guy. We, you know, get backstage, he's great. Thank you all the time. And I mean, uh, you know, they brought a lot of these martial art guys at WCW, and then uh, it was just different. It was different to work with those guys, as in a wrestling guy like a uh, you know, Chavo or Hootoot, or you know, a couple other guys I wrestled to that are actually actually you know, wrestlers, that is. Of course. And, you know, again, I wanted to bring up this guy because uh, it's, again, now you're, this guy you're working with next that I'm bringing up, he's more of like a uh, a bigger guy, a powerhouse wrestler, I suppose. Uh, but I've had some conflicting reports from people on how they feel about him as a person. Uh, Van Hammer. Wow, Van Hammer. I think it's a late Van Hammer, right? Didn't he pass away late Van Hammer, or did he not? No, no he's still been. around. I just, I think he is in jail. I know. 
You're, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, Van Hammer was very stiff. Very stiff, you know. Um, and his work in the ring with me, I, I can't complain. I ain't gonna, I mean, I don't know what all the other guys say. Besides him being stiff, I had a great match with him, actually. I mean, it wasn't a very long match, though. If I remember correctly, it was a very short match. Um, they were really putting him over hard. They wanted him to be the big guy, beat people up. And uh, the way my character is when I was with WCW is as far as being a big, giant guy like I am, you know, another big guy throwing a big guy around and made him look really good. And, uh, you know, like I said, I did my job and uh, I had enough to play against Van Hammer. I only wrestled that one time and I actually really didn't even see him much after that, to be honest with you, on Saturday nights. Right. So that was funny because I wrestled him one time. I had seen him in the locker room a couple of times. We said, hey, I wrestled him. And then after that, it was like, what happened to him? And then after, and then he went into his little thing that he did. And uh, and then, you know, I can't even fade it off a little bit. So I didn't, you know, like I said, I can't complain about the match I had with him, but. It wasn't, wasn't much of it, but I can't complain. He really he's very stiff, but that's just kind of big guy he is, though, I guess. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, I just uh, I just was was interested to see how it went with him. I know he he would come and go on TV so so much. He would be there for a period yeah. of time, then he'd be gone for five, four or five months. It was always like that. Right. Um, that's why I, I put that in. I didn't see him that much after that. And then you'd see him, and then you didn't see him. So <laughs> I didn't know what, what the backstage or – the drama they had or anything like that, you know, you stay out of all that. You just don't put, you know, you just don't get in there. You just go in and do your job. But there had to be something going on for him to keep going back and forth and back and forth. So, Yeah. Um, one person I wanted to ask you about, because, like, I have a friend. Uh, his name's Adam. Uh, he lives in Boston. Uh, he's a friend that I've made over the internet for our mutual love of WCW and especially this kind of era of WCW. Uh, and we always... Whenever your name is brought up, very soon after Adrian Bird's name will be brought up. I just want to know if you and Adrian Bird, if you were tight, uh, because you guys were were quite regular on WCW Saturday Night during this time. Man, Adrian was where we were tight. You know, we talked outside of the ring. We were really tight because, like you said, we were the main guys on, the, on Saturday Night. I mean, it was either me or Adrian Bird. Of course, you saw disorderly conduct a lot on there, or and then you brought them that you had an interview with them. But me and Adrian Bird were the guys. And uh, I loved Adrian. Great worker. Very nice guy. Big guy. We tagged a couple times. We did a lot of uh, – we did a couple of hardcore matches with each other. And I loved him, man. And he was a great dude. And, yes, we were close. We didn't travel a lot because, obviously, we were from different areas. But we, we hung out when we were backstage. We pretty much were together a lot, yes. Right, cool. Yeah, that is another guy I've been trying to find. I can't find any anything about I him. I talked to him myself, believe it or not. I lost talk to myself. I haven't talked to him in gosh, ten years maybe at least. Wow. Yeah, there's not one little ounce of anything about him on the internet. Um he's out there somewhere, I'm sure, and I hope he's doing good. Um here comes another guy, another another big opportunity. WCW United States Heavyweight Championship is on the line, by the way. It's the 28th of uh, September, 99. You're taking on Sid Vicious in Rome, Georgia. Uh, how did you like working with Big Sid? Wow. Now, 
Sid was the man at the time. Obviously, he was going against Goldberg at the time. I think he was getting got a little heat with Goldberg back and forth. So, I don't know if you, I'm sure you saw the match. Yeah. It was great. You know, I went in, I, I hit him, I slapped him, choke slamming, and he powerbombed me. What people don't see on TV is, though, he powerbombed me five times. <laughs> five. Let me tell you what happened one more time. Five. So, I guess I was doing it so good, he kept doing it. And I was like, brother, can we not? After the fifth time, I just looked at him like, you know, I'm, I'm good, you know. <laughs> and uh, he went backstage, picked me, you know, seven foot, whatever he is, picked me up. He's like, brother, you awesome, Jesus. And my head's going back and forth. Going, Appreciate it, bro, but my back hurts now. Can I go sit down, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, man, Sid is – you wouldn't even know when you wrestle. You wouldn't even – I mean, he's seven foot, big muscle of a guy, and it's like – Great, just nice guy, lets you do things, walking very, 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 very respectful. Way that is very respectful. I enjoyed oh, his wrestling. And the funny thing about that story was, I come that was a Thursday Night Thunder, by the way. I think it was right. Or was that, is that, was uh, that Saturday that, night? It said that was on Saturday night, yeah. But I do think that something did happen on a, a edition of Thunder with you as well, yes, yeah. So I believe. He had said to Andre Megas, man, I got, I think it was Thursday Thunder. He said, I got good news and bad for you, named Burkhead. I said, really, what's good? He goes, man, you're the main event tonight. Thursday Thunder, main event, live. I said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, but the bad news, you got to lose Sid Vicious in two minutes. So have a nice match. I was like, <laughs> but Sid was awesome. Really was. I loved him. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he's doing better now after his whole leg injury and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, he is. It's good to hear that. Um, and thank you for sharing again. See, this is why I wanted to do this little timeline uh, with you, Dave, because I, I, I had a feeling that we, we might get a little story out of each uh, guy that you work with. So that's really cool. Um, the 12th of October, 99, uh, in Louisiana, you take on Luther Biggs, who was getting a little bit of a, a push there on Saturday night. Uh, how did you like working with Luther? So when I wrestled Luther Biggs, I didn't really know too much about him, you know, and he was getting that push. And I didn't know, I, I can honestly say I didn't really know much, nothing much at all. So I didn't even know his style of wrestling or what kind of match we were going to have. So when we got brought in the war room, you know, Arnett said, you wrestle Luther, you know, we're starting to put him over right now. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you know, he Arnold said, just do your thing, Dave, and like you always do. And uh yeah, I know you guys are gonna rock rock the house. And uh we had a good match. I believe it could have been maybe a little better match, I believe. But you know, Luther was a different a really different person to work with. He was, I don't want to say it was hard to work with him, but when you're trying to put somebody over and it's like constantly talking or constantly because he had his manager out there, right? And yeah, you know, and it's like you're trying to do a match, and it's like every every you know 15 seconds is 
they're doing a talking game. Like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, did you, did you say, I couldn't get in my groove, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. And okay. trying to get in my groove, I was trying to. And we didn't have the complaints. I mean, on them said great match and all that. But as my perspective, my point of view, I think the match could have been better. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and the 26th of October, Alan Funk, a guy out of the power plant there. Um, you know, he's Ooh. early in his career. How did you like working with Angry Alan? God, if you saw that match, I I, I went backstage. And I ain't going to lie, I had tears in my eyes. I gave Alan. Because that was actually the first match that I got to show what I could do and how my brutal strength and you know, because if you watch that match, I clotheslined him and he took the clothesline like the gods. And wow, man. And, and we were, I mean, Sullivan, I mean, uh, uh, Larry Zabisco was like, my God, did you see that clothesline? Burkhead just destroyed him. And that's my man. I knew Burkhead had it in him. He's the up and coming guy on Saturday night. And my God, and then all of a sudden, like, Burkhead, what are you doing? You're supposed to be beating them up. You're supposed to be walking around talking. And, and, and I, of course, I heard all this afterwards. You know? But me and Alan, let me tell you, and Alan, if you ever heard about this, see this, Alan, I'm putting you over. You're a beast in the ring. I enjoyed it. And I thank you so much of making me who I was in that ring and letting people know who I was. And we had if I got on to say probably my top three matches in WCW in my whole career, believe it or not. Wow, that's really put, cool to hear. That was a great guy. He is. Good worker. Great worker. And uh, I just wish he could have done more in WCW than uh, he did. Yeah, me too. Because just as he was getting on pay-per-view, then the company got sold and he's back in developmental in the WWE. Heartbreaking. I, I interviewed him a couple of years ago, we really dug deep into that. And yeah, how disappointing for him. But, you know, he is, you know, memorable. And I, I consider him a friend. He's a very nice man. A great guy. Great guy. Uh, another guy that you work with, uh, God rest his soul, uh, The Wall. Uh, he's, you know, I guess he's quite early in his career at this point. Uh, you work with him on uh, November 23rd, 99. How did you like working with him? I mean, if you watch the match, it really wasn't much of a match. They were putting him over to be a big dude like uh, the, the the giant of the time and, yeah. you know, do his, you know, slam. So, to be honest with you, I can't I can't even really talk much about the match because it really much wasn't much of a match. And, you know, and the wall, God, like you said, rest in peace, God bless his soul. To me, I think they were trying to put him over and – it just wasn't working to mm. me. That's my, and they were trying, they really were, but he just didn't have to be as big as he was. He couldn't really move that great in the ring to me. That's how I look at it. And I'm not, I don't like, I don't like coming on podcasts and, yeah. and, 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 and bashing people, but you know, yeah. the honesty is honesty and that's what the fans want to hear. You know what I mean? And, I just don't think he had the, uh, as the show or big show or all the other big wrestlers, Sid Vicious, you can move around. The wall didn't have that to me. And uh, our match was very short, very easy. Boom, 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 when it was done. So, I mean, that's pretty much about that. I mean, 
there wasn't much to it, to be honest with you. No, fair enough. And I do kind of understand where you're coming from when it comes to how they tried to push him so hard. He was putting people through tables every week and it just didn't seem to connect no matter what they did. Yeah. Um, but speaking of another match that probably didn't go very long, but um, this is the, this guy is known as the toughest man in wrestling history. You wrestle Meng on the 30th yeah. of November. I'm sure he's also one of the most loveliest men uh, to... to to well, you have to be friends with him, right? Um, but if you get him mad, maybe not. Uh, how did you like working with him? I can't believe I'm glad you brought Ming up because I I was just talking about that match last night, and I'm telling you the truth. We just talked about Ming, and they said what was working with him. I said it was brutal. <laughs> when he hits you, you know it. But he doesn't do it as in beating you up and disrespecting you, that's just his style. Yeah. And if you know him like you already, when you already, when you already said to him and when you introduced him, you already knew, like, that's his style. You get a ring with me, you know you're going to get hit. That's all there is to it. But the nicest guy in the world, though, really is. <laughs> Crazy. Big, giant, Samoan beast. When he slapped you, you feel it the next day, the day after, and two days later. But the nicest guy in the world. And I remember that actual match. That was, if I remember correctly, that was in Vail, Colorado, I think. Let was me it? have a look. Uh, yes, it was at the Dobson Ice Arena in Vail, Colorado. Yeah, I mean, that's, how I, that's how I remember that match because it, uh, it was not only brutal, but it was cold. <laughs> so I took a from me in a cold wrestling arena and oh it was but it was it was fun and uh Ming was awesome. He was really all but like I said, his slaps, his clotheslines, his his whole you know, work in the ring is uh very hard, but it's not I don't like calling it stiff because there's a difference between stiff and difference between hard. And the stiff is the guy just to me, just can't work. Yeah, Ming, it, it just that's just how it, that's just his style. I already knew it when I went to ring, so I prepared myself for it. But it was a great match. I really enjoyed that match with Ming. Awesome, bro. Uh, another guy, you know, th this guy is he's a fantastic technical wrestler. Uh, on the the uh, sorry, the nineteenth of January two thousand, Norman Smiley, uh, working with him in Missouri. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed Norman Smiley. We had a great match. I mean, because at that time, I think he was doing his, like, crying thing. Yeah, doing a little <laughs> crying. Whatever. Uh, what a great match. But now we talked about styles of wrestling. And Norman is – that was so funny how they put him in that hardcore gimmick. Because if you know Norman Smiley, that's not his style. He's all – He's yeah. a technical wrestler. They wanted to do a swerve. But wrestling with him was great. I had a great match because me and his style was perfect to work in the ring. We actually, I think, worked a couple times because it was great. It was because we connected so much. My brutal beat, you know, pound and his technical. And um, it was, just, we had a great match. I mean, he put me over too in a couple of matches too. So I was grateful for that. Nice guy, awesome dude. I love Norman. You know, I wrestled him in a couple other organizations. 
XWF and stuff like that. So, oh yeah, very cool. Um, again, here's, here comes another legend. You're working with him in Amherst, Massachusetts, on the second of Feb two thousand. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, that was a fun match, man. I gotta admit, that was fun. Hacksaw's hacksaw. <laughs> legend, Hall of Famer, been in the business at that at that time, almost as as old as I am. You know what I mean? So. It was an easy match, a great match, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And we talked backstage for like an hour after the match. We just talked. We talked about where I lived, how I became a wrestler. Told me, man, don't ever give up, man. Don't give your dream up. You know, this is a dream come true, and I've lived my dream for 30 years. And just to hear stories like that, the nice guy that he is, just great, you know. Yeah, and also very happy to hear that he's uh, just been cleared again of uh, cancer. So yes, uh, yes, God, thank you, thank you everybody. For, yes, yes. Uh, so I, I wanted to bring up this matchup. I watched this earlier tonight, actually. Uh, when you worked with Tank Abbott on the fifteenth of March two thousand in Salem, Virginia, uh, when he hit you with that final punch of the match, you sold okay. you, you went down like. You are actually knocked out. It was really, I loved it. Uh, how did you like working with Tank? I might ask you, what did you think of the match? I thought it was great. It was a great match. It really yeah. was. And that that punch, I wasn't knocked out, but I felt it. And he did knock me down. So that was no, you know, whatever, how you want to put it. I mean, he hit me. Yeah. He was, he was tough. But I got him, though, because I think he got mad because uh, I was told by the guys, the the the, the, the promoters and uh, and Arn and all them, like, I want you to go in there. You guys are brawlers. You're two brawlers. Don't let them just beat you up. I want you to brawl them. And Tank was like, well, and Arn said, no. You, he's going to – this is what's going to happen. You understand that? And Tank was like, all right. So I'm sure there's a little upset that I had to do what I did. Maybe that's why the punch was so hard. But, you know <laughs> – Tank was Tank, and uh, I, I I love that match. It was just a great match. And believe it or not, it's funny. A lot of people liked that match. I mean, a lot of people they loved it because we were just going at it, man. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. boom. And then it was like, then it was like out of the blue, bam. And even <laughs> yeah. on when I went backstage, the funny thing about it was, Arnett said, "Man, are you okay, Dave? I mean, I mean, did you black out for a bit?" I was like, "No, nah, I was good." He's like. Jesus Christ, you sold that really well. I thought he really knocked you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. It was really cool. Um, and uh, this one here is a really interesting one that I was going to bring up because it's actually the last match in WCW Saturday Night history. So the 29th of March 2000. Hardcore title on a pole match. You got Brian Nobbs. You got Adrian Bird, Dave Burkhead, Norman Smiley, Rick Fuller, and uh, Al Green, who was known as the dog at the time. Uh, this is the main event. This is the last match in Saturday Night History. Um, please tell me a little bit about this one and, and how it makes you feel knowing that you were in the last match on uh, a show that ran for, geez, 25 years. Well, I'm honored. I mean, and if you watch that, I try to find that match right now. I can't even find it. I wish I could find the whole match on because I can't find it because... I can find it for you. Yeah, definitely. I want you to find it for me. Send it to me because I want to see it. That match was the number one match I had in WCW. 
Like, I got to admit. Um, and it was just everybody was going at it, man. Chairs were flying, cans, ladders, people getting punched, people getting suplexed, people getting biased. I mean, and we honestly, I saw the ratings on that match. That match was one of the top matches in WCW history, actually, because people loved that match. And actually, I got put over a lot on that match. I saw a lot of reviews, people saying to me that they said they should have gave me the belt that night because it looked like I took a beating and I kept getting up. <laughs> so uh, I think yeah. the one part, the one part, I think I got hit in the ladder over the head. And, uh, I mean, I was getting in chairs. I, but that's what they wanted me to do. And uh, I, I, I thought I was going to get put over at the time. You know what I mean? I thought that after that match, I was going to get a strap. I really did because at that time, man, they were like, Dave, just get up, Burkins, get up, just keep going. I'm going. Like, a couple times I had the belt in my hand and I was like, oh, you know, but uh, uh, that was a great match. Like I said, that was a top match in, w in my history in WCW, my whole career in WCW. That was, that was one of my best matches I ever had. But I had a lot of hardcore matches with Brian Knobs. Like, all matches with Brian Knobs were tough. Yeah, they were tough. Also, another match with you and Adrian teaming up to face Brian and uh, Al Green in a, in a tag team hardcore match. Dog, yeah. Rest in yeah. peace, Al passed. So. Yeah, a lot a lot of guys ha have. It's really, this is what it's like when I interview people. I, I bring up all these names and it's like, God rest his soul, God rest his soul. It's, 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 yeah, it's a I thing. Would, to tell you a story, I was good, really good friends with Al. He lived right here in St. Pete, Florida, too. Yeah. We hung out. We hung out outside of like dinner and all that. We were like very, very, very good friends. And when my mother was sick, I had to go back up north for a little bit. I had lost touch with Al. And I came back down. I was like, man. So I saw one of my buddies, like, where's Al at? And he's like, uh, he passed away. And I was like, what? Really? Man, and so that was kind of a sad day because I was just out of the blue. And uh, I loved Al. I traveled with Al. If a little. Inside note to you, you can throw out there. My travel guys was Al Green, and I don't know if was Barry Horowitz. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I've had Barry on the show. Yeah, huh? I've, I've had Barry. Barry. Yeah, it was awesome. We traveled. We were in a hotel. We at hotels. We you know got our cars together. That's who I traveled with. Me, Al, and Barry. So. <laughs> You know what? I think Barry is hilarious. When I interviewed him, he made me laugh so much. <laughs> Barry is like the funniest guy in the world. He uh, he, he can't stand certain uh, words you say. And if you say this word, he gets mad about it. The old jobber word. Don't ever say that. We're not jobbers. We're yeah. workers. You know, and I agree. And, uh, and he don't like uh, when you talk certain lingo and if you don't certain Talk to Lingro, and you know, that's Barry for you. But I, I enjoyed Barry. Barry was awesome. I wrestled Barry before, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always, when I talk to, uh, you know, I've had Dwayne Gill on the show. Uh, I've had uh, Don E. Allen, who was, you know, kind of a, a job guy for ECW. I interviewed him this morning, actually. Uh, I talked to you guys, and I always, always want to let you know, like, how important your roles were in these big companies, you know? And um, so I, I always want to express that to you. And it's funny because, like, Barry does not like the word jobber. 
Dwayne Gill loves it. So it's 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 interesting how uh, different guys that 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 are in that role uh, feel about that word. Yeah, Dwayne was uh, Dwayne was just you know Gilberg and crazy and you know he was funny as heck too, man. Great guy. But uh, yeah, Barry doesn't like that word. Barry's very uh, he doesn't like talking about like if you ask him matches. He won't. He don't like when you start asking him like certain questions about matches. You know, like, oh, so did you really do this or did you talk? Did you do? Uh, don't ask me that. You know, now, come on, man. You know, you know did, 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 did. <laughs> it's funny. It I, I would laugh. Being on, I tell you, you think it was funny talking to him. Imagine being on the road with him in a car. You know, Barry had to have his protein bag, his gluten bag, his this bag. You had to take it out. We got to pull over. We got to get a bottle of water because I got to I got to eat my protein shake right now. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Wow, you got to go get some water. That's all there is to it. And his, he, he loved the subway. <laughs> I want to be on the loved, so Next time I'll talk to him, say, if you ever talk to me, you say, hey, I was talking to Dave Burkhead. He said that you like subway. Oh, I do. I wanted to go have a steak or something like that. Oh, let's just go get subway. Really? Subway? Well, it is. But Barry's funny, though. <laughs> that's great great uh, i love those little tidbits of information that i would never find out otherwise barry horowitz loves subway now i know um but uh, bringing it back to to wcw here in my research i look i don't see another dave burkhead match in wcw uh this was a really difficult time for wcw though because we're, we're heading towards like april of 2000 the people in charge keep changing. Bischoff's gone, then he's back. Sullivan's in charge of booking. Now Bischoff and Vince Russo are in charge. Then they're clashing, and it's just one thing after another. Um, how did you know? Uh, when did you find out that your time in WCW was over? Uh, did someone give you a call, or they just say to you, Dave, things are a bit of a mess right now. Um, we'll, we'll call you when we need you. Uh, Saturday night's no longer going to be on the air, so TV time's going to get tighter. Please, if you have any information about that, I'd love to know. I mean, if you were wrestling and, uh, you know, when that was right around, the, they were thinking about you know, the company getting regular sold and, and stuff like that, and it's like, I got a letter in the mail, and it was like, okay, we're no longer doing Saturday nights. And I was like, that was it. Thank you for, you know, we enjoyed you like that. Um, and uh, we maybe we'll, you know, we use you for Thursday Thunder or, but then that's when, like you said, everything started getting like pushed to like, Vince Russo came and Bischoff came and Sullivan was the booker and then he wasn't the booker and, and then Bischoff wanted to do his thing and you know, because I was there for the NWO, you know, yeah. and now and then, and, and and then when NWO was done, you know, everybody pretty much knows. Damn, once NWO was done, it's kind of just kind of went. You know, that's when the David Arquette thing came in, and you know, <laughs> I'm just not gonna talk much more about that. You, I'm <laughs> sure you had, I'm sure you have your spill on that too. And it was just kind of, it started getting a little out of control, and it was like, and then I was, I was, I was upset though, my man. I, I mean, you no. Know, that was a dream come true for me, you know? And, uh, um, uh, uh oh, you there? Right there? Yeah, still here. Yeah. So, 
it was a dream come true. And, you know, I lived my dream, man. I mean, I made it. I was on national television. I worked with the biggest stars in professional wrestling. Um, and towards the end of my career, it wasn't no just one time you see Dave Berger on Saturday night, you don't see him no more. I was on every Saturday night for like the longest time. Mm -hmm. I was on Thunder. And, uh, and I really believe if the company would have kept going, you would have seen Dave Burkhead in a, on Monday Night Nitro as a, as a main guy. I, I really, I know that. I know that for a fact that they were pushing me to do that. It was unfortunately the time limit time came up and, um, it was very sad. But like I said, I got a letter and I didn't, I thought the letter, the funny thing about it was is I thought the letter was my ticket. Like, oh man, where am I going tonight? You know, like that. It was like, oh. You know, but you know, right after that, another organization started up in Florida, and uh, we did that for a little bit. We'll go from there. Yep, no worries, bro. Yeah, I just, you know, I always wanted to ask you about that because, uh, you know, and guys like Adrian, Rick Fuller, Disorderly Conduct, uh, the Armstrong brothers, Al, uh, Fidel Sierra, guys of, of, of these of these names and of this nature. Uh, because Saturday night was gone, the platform that they were utilized on the most. Now, it, it, I don't know. I just, in one fell swoop, a whole bunch of guys now no longer seen on television. Um, but yes, you're right. Something else does pop up there in Florida. Uh, the XWF, Jimmy Hart uh, and, and, and Hulk Hogan are trying to trying this new thing in, in late 2001. Um, right. WCW is now gone. ECW is now gone. Uh, we need something to fill the void. Um, you get to work there. I didn't actually know this until like a couple of years ago when I got my hands on some of the footage and I was like, that's Dave Burkhead. It says his name's Knuckles, but that's Dave Burkhead. So I was really <laughs> chuffed to see like, oh, he did wrestle after WCW was gone. Um, so please tell yep. me about that experience. So I knew this was happening for a long time because, like I said, I wrestled knobs and, and uh, the Sullivan was part of the deal. Um, so knobs had called uh, called me up. He said, hey, Burke, hey, I got something working, brother. And when you come in, you're coming as knuckles and it's going to be popping, baby. It's going to be me and the Hammer Valentine and Kevin and Jimmy and Hope. We got this going to call it XWF. And I'm like, I'm in, bro. You know, just let me know, you know. And then, uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, the first show was coming up in Orlando, and XWF was Extreme Wrestling Federation, but it was, uh, but it was a different kind of extreme, you know what I mean? And uh, extreme, not you know. It, I mean, we had a lot. I don't know if you saw the roster on that, but there was a lot of stars on that roster. Yeah, big names. I mean, Flair was there, you know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the announcer. Uh, you had Tony Schiavone. You had Jerry Lawler. Uh, you yeah, had Jim Hero. You had Buff Bagwell. You had uh, a whole mix of WWE, or XWWF, XWCW, and XECW guys, which is a really good mix. Yes. So when I when I got the first uh, Matt show coming up with the tapings were in Orlando, I had it was, it was, it was actually, it was, I got the call on a Thursday and unfortunately I had to go home. A little brother passed away 
unfortunately, he took his own life. So I had to go home. And I remember I was scared, like, oh, my God, this is my first opportunity to become Knuckles, become a, a big organization star, and I, I can't be there. So I had to call Sullivan say, Kevin, man, listen, uh, you know, I told him what happened. He goes, man, brother, I am so sorry for you, brother. You lost. And then I got a call from Jimmy Hart saying he was sorry. I got a call from uh, Hawks saying he was sorry. You know what I mean? I was like, man, you know what, bro? This is a family, and I appreciate that. And uh, we got you. Uh, Jimmy Hart made my outfit up, the one piece, which says knuckles on the front of it with a fist. I, the show was being taped on a Friday night. I flew in Friday morning. I drove all the way to Orlando. Um, and I had my first match, I think, and I believe or not, was against Norma Smiley, I think. I believe so. And then, of course, the, their main guy they're trying to put over was Hale. Yep, Emory so, Hale, yep. Emory Hale, God rest in peace for him, too. God, him Lord. Too. So, yeah, SWF, and it was good, man. I, I, it's a shame it didn't go. And I don't, I can't even tell you why because our TV tapers were packed. I mean, yeah. packed. I mean, I, I didn't understand. I don't know if it was the money thing or the funding thing. And I mean, I don't know. They had it all set up, man. Everybody's backstage. Gorgeous George was there. Uh, you know, uh, um, the valet for Macho Man at the time. Yeah. Um, and so it was, uh, it was different, man, and I loved it because it was different, man, because everybody back there was a star. Yeah. Everybody. And if that don't make sense, I mean, like, it wasn't like WCW, you go backstage and you got, you know, the likes of, you know, NWO Nash and these guys over here, and then you guys are over here. I mean, I'm not putting me down or anything like that, but, you know, the difference. There, everybody. Piper walked by, what up, Burkhead? I said, what up? I said, what up? You know, Flair walked by, what's up, Knuckles? Hey, what's going on, buddy? You know, like, like you guys just – been on TV for 30 years, the main event, you know, and that's how they treat you. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because uh, from what I gather, this is what happened, because uh, I've watched I've watched all the episodes that have been released, and just as it got to that last episode that I saw, I was like, this is starting to, like, I'm starting to really enjoy where the story's going, you know, uh, Sable is there, Raina Miro's there as the figurehead, and, um, you know, I was a big fan of hers, obviously, um, but, you know, uh, I believe WWE, because of this, they um, gave Hulk a call. They gave Kurt Hennig a call to get him to come into the 2002 uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, and then they brought Jerry the King Lawler back. So three people immediately. And I think Hogan's name was really important to whoever was investing in the company. And because now Hogan was going to go back to the WWE, um, I think that's where it didn't work out. Makes sense though. I mean, Hogan was the man. I mean, at that time, he was. I mean, that was the whole thing. I mean, you, know, you got Hulk Hogan, who you got you start a new organization, and you got Hulk Hogan being your guy. Heck, what else? What else do you? Who else do you need? You know. And then you got Hulk. And then you got Jerry Lawler. And then, like you said, you got Kurt Henning. And then you got Sable. And I mean, yeah. And then like you said, once Kurt Henning, once you know, Hulk went over there, and Lawler went over, and Kurt Henning went over, and then it was like. Okay, you lost three big guns. Yeah. And like you said, maybe the investors like, oh heck, I'm not gonna put no money in this because now we just lost Hogan, we just lost Angle, we just lost, you know. And and I that makes sense. I never even do that, but yes, that probably that makes sense. Right. Well, that's I'm glad that I could pass on some of that information. I I I know that there's probably even more to the story, 
Um, but uh, that that's all I really know. Um, but I wanted to ask you kind of like after this experience and, and unfortunately the XWF did not uh, get to take off the way that it probably should have. Um, what was next for your wrestling career? Uh, the only thing that I found in my research was that your final match was February 10th, 2002, but the internet is always wrong quite often when I do my research. Um, so please let me know uh, what you, the rest of your wrestling career did look like after that. Who, who was that against? Uh, let me have a look. Uh, it said you wrestled... Actually, it said you wrestled twice on the same day in February of 2002 for uh, the MEWF. Uh, first match, you teamed with Andrew Riker, uh, losing to Bob Starr and Larry Zabisco. Oh, yeah, that was that Larry Zabisco match, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. And, uh, that so was was some... No? no. Uh, so please tell me about your, your you know, when, when it was that was your last match and, and what led so, you to MEWF. Uh, that we I wrestled in, and then I they they called me back up, and we did another show in Waldorf, Maryland, for MEWF, and uh, they put me over big time. I mean, I mean, my I sold a lot of tickets, man, because of the fact that you know Knuckles is coming back after, and people piled in there, man, it was packed. And, when my music hit and I went out there, well, first I did an interview. That's what happened. I went out there. I'm like, man, you know what? I'm glad to be back, man. Knuckles is back at MWF, back in, you know, I'm ready to rock the house. I appreciate it. They were like, chant, chant, chant. And then uh, the champion came out and we did a little gimmick and um, set up a match that night, that uh, a tag match, which I wrestled. At, well, my partner was Adam Flash. You remember Adam Flash? I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, Adam Flash, he uh, was my uh, partner, and we wrestled the champion and his partner and uh, put me over. But I can't, I, I'm going to be honest with you, though, I don't know when that was to the date. I can't tell you that. So, And then I had one more match after that, and it was it was, it was uh, independent in, uh, in Florida. Um, uh, the Killer B, Brian, uh, Brian Bunzel. Uh, Brian B. You know, Blair or was it Jim Brunzel? Yeah, Brian, was Brian B. Blair, the killer B. Yeah, he had a he started up a little independence up here, and uh, I wrestled. Um, uh, do you remember the Dudley Boys? You know, of course, you remember the Dudley Boys. Well, yeah. admit, you know, remember they had another, they had a third Dudley Boy, but not Spike Dudley. It was uh, there's a few, but you got Big Dick Dudley, you've got uh, Dances with Dudley, uh, you got Chubby Dudley. Um, Who was the long-haired guy with the glasses? With the, he went to these stuff, then he went to. Uh, I went to WCW for a while. I remember. I can't remember who he was. Not Dudley. Anyway, Dudley? No. <laughs> uh, hey, let me just look at the Dudley family. He was. He was one of the Dudley boys. So. It's, it's like, be... um, God, who was his name? Guys, you got me tired, tongue tied now. Uh, all I remember, we were an outdoor match, and it was like 100 degrees here. Was it Jeff Bradley? And Jeff Bradley. There you go. There we go. Figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Yeah, Jeff Bradley. That's who it was. It was Jeff Bradley. And, uh, man, I and actually, we wrestled. I'm sorry. There was another match on that. I wrestled him. And then, because Luca Butch was always taking good care of me. They were always getting me 
independence here and there. But then once the independence started slowing down, when WCW got bought out because then oh, yeah. well, Vince didn't let, let his guys do independence very much. That's what I've heard. And uh, at that time, and you know, he owned ECW, we had WCW, we had WWF. So it was like there was nobody out there besides like me and Adrian Burrs and you know, just full of and it just went kind of and independence kind of fell off a little bit. And uh, that was it, man. That was it. And uh, it was very sad. I mean, you know, no one's career wants to come to an end. I wish I, I think I had a lot more talent. I think I could have showed a lot more talent than I had. And uh, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. But I was blessed to be what I did and where I got in the business. So, absolutely, Dave. And I, I, I we're getting very close to the end of the interview here, Dave. Uh, I, and I always like to say this to people that I have on the show, you know, um, I, I live in Perth, Western Australia, so I live pretty far away. We're actually considered the most isolated city in the world. So I think the fact that like you have a fan like all the way on the other side of the planet, like this far away, most isolated city in the world. I think that I think that speaks volumes. That's pretty cool, don't you think? My man, it's funny because when I pulled I don't know what I was doing on my phone because you you did this. Your first message was in when last two years ago. Like I don't know when it was. I can't remember. It was like long. And I was like, "What's going on?" And when you say, "Hey, I'm a big fan," I'm like, "I'm like, this is great. This is good." You know, my man. Listen, I am honored and proud. Say thank you for being a fan of mine and to be able to you know, wrestle and, and show you what I had and you enjoy the matches. To have you on my show is a blessing and it's an honor. And my man, I loved it and thank you. Yes, it is. When you got people all the way across where you're at and they're saying, I'm a big fan of yours, you know, it, 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 brings, it brings tears to your eyes and it's, it's very thankful. And I appreciate that. That's cool, Dave. Just wanted to say that to you because, you know, now that I've had the chance to talk to you, um, so uh, it, we're coming to the end here of the interview, Dave, but we've got our final segment where we, I want to learn about your favorite things in life. Uh, the first three are about wrestling, but after that, it's not about wrestling. Um, it's quick fire questions for a quick fire answer. Let's see how you go. Dave Burkhead, who is your favorite pro wrestler of all time? Rick Flair. Excellent. Uh, over the years, is there one guy that you would say, that's my favorite opponent? Uh... I, I have to say it was Brian Knobs. Excellent. Uh, if you could pick one match that would be your favorite that you that you performed in in your career, what would you pick? It was the last match in WCW. I had the last awesome. match. Awesome choice. Uh, getting away from wrestling now, Dave. Do you have a favorite book? I I read a, I like the Harry Potter books. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. That's very cool. Um, do you have a favorite TV show? <laughs> Baywatch back in the day. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, favorite film? Uh, Top Gun. Awesome. Another great choice. Uh, do you have a favorite musical artist or band? I'm a big Bon Jovi fan. Excellent. Another great choice. Getting away from the arts now, Dave, do you have a favorite food? Pizza. That's the number one answer on this show. Everyone says pizza. Uh, favorite place to eat on the road, Dave? 
Burger King. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know if you're a drinker, but uh, this one's favorite alcoholic beverage. But if you don't drink, just your favorite beverage in general. Uh, my favorite beverage, believe it or not, is I like Coke. But I, I stopped drinking much because soda is not that much. I drink it much more, but I, I, I just like Coke for some reason. I don't know what's yeah, so do I. It's like I can't, I can't get it. <laughs> I lay off. I was drinking like, you know, I could drink five of them. I'm a big guy. It's like, I'm done. I'm like, you know. Uh, the second last one here, Dave, consider kind of the naughtiest one of these, this round of questions, but favorite female body part, Dave Burkhead sees a good looking lady. Where will your eyes go to first? Her lips. Very classy answer. I like it. And the last one here, Dave, I don't think you've said one curse word on this interview, but the final question is, what is your favorite curse word? Uh, wow, that's a tough one. I actually, I, I'm dumbass. You know, <laughs> call people dumbasses all the time. You're just a dumbass. Bro. Why do you act like a dumbass? You know, I don't, I don't use the F word very much and all that, but I will use dumbass a lot. Very cool, Dave. Well, this brings us to the end of the interview. Uh, I've had so much fun. My face hurts from smiling. I've enjoyed so many of your great stories of your, your time in pro wrestling. Uh, so again, all the way here from Perth, really want to thank you for your time here today. And uh, just so you know how much it meant to me to, to learn about your journey in the wrestling business. I appreciate it, man. And I'll tell you what, like I said, it's an honor and a privilege to be on your show. I thank you so much for being a fan. I would love to be on the show again. You call me anytime, anytime. You have my email, you have my number, you can call me anytime. And uh, thank you and good luck with your show. I love your show. You, I appreciate you representing WCW and putting us over and putting me and the lights of bird and everybody else over. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you again. And thank all of you out there for joining us here on the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WCWA Network. I'm California. This is my new friend, Dave Burkhead. And we will see you down the road. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs>